what's up i'm reggie i'm brian this is r&b talks r&b talks yo r&b t- word r&b word okay again how are you reggie you know better than a pig in shit <laughs> i don't i don't consider that good i consider that awful but that's because i'm not a pig and i'm not in poop i usually say better than i deserve which is what rings true today uh, i'm more blessed than i deserve right yeah you know that's what it is it is I'm, you know. I'm breathing live and everything else and you know hey reggie i don't know what to do i have a 16 i have a, i'm gonna have a 16 year old son this weekend it's a little freaky man i've been there um dude does it change you, anything no okay it helps a little bit because then they're out and they can like start going on their own after a while it's more expensive and then they wreck the car continuously for a while so you have that to deal with probably but you know you know i have a question all these parents that buy their kids like these expensive cars the hell is wrong with those people man i mean i brought my i bought we bought our son a beater truck that we didn't pay a whole lot for as his first car because i'm pretty sure something's going to happen to it not major just he's gonna you know bump into a post or back into a embutment or something oh, dude all kinds of stuff man run over something yeah you know, you know. man this this buddy of mine in high school he had the perfect vehicle it was just like i forgot if it was a nissan or a toyota old mini truck looking yeah thing like a Datsun. like remember those old Datsun trucks? i don't know it was it was it sounded like a lawnmower except way louder right and was like just sounded like a herd of mosquitoes he, with chili farts That's i mean right. he didn't do anything to that truck like like he never changed the never oil ch- did, sh- never did anything right and it ran like it didn't ha- ever have a problem like ever you know he ran into stuff with it like banged it up a lot and and like just it was it always went and it never it never had a problem <laughs> we all had the beater though right i had a 72 pontiac catalina reggie i could have run this thing into a brick wall and and it wouldn't have dented the car but it would have knocked the wall down uh 1976 chevy suburban though rusted out it actually would leak when it rained like a lot oh yeah that's what I actually ended up why, why i stopped driving it because it was like I'd, I'd try to go to like a band competition or something and it'd like be it or go to like an orchestra uh, concert or something and i'd be wearing like a tux or something and it'd be like wet <laughs> Because it it was like leaking from the the roof, you know. The seventy two Pontiac Catalina. If I turned really hard to the left, the passenger's door would fly open. So I had to actually warn everyone that got in the car, buckle up, or you might fly out. And they would laugh, and I'd be like, "I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, this is not a joke. Not, this is not humorous, my friend. You might die. Um, but uh, so I got to tell you." I've been watching some documentaries lately, Reggie. Okay. Lay it on me. Bruh. <laughs> For some reason, I wanted to learn more about cults. 
Because I feel like that's one of those things where I just have never understood clearly the kind of individual that joins a cult or the kind of people that believe some of the garbage that people like, you know, Amy Carlson and, and, and Charles Manson and Jim Jones and, and the branch Davidian and all the, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out who would walk up to me and have enough, you know, swag and savoir faire to say, Hey, I'm Jesus. You should come hang out with me and believe what I tell you and like castrate yourself and shave your head and your life will be great. And that I'm going to look at and go, you know what? You might be right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I wonder about the psyche of those people to be, I mean, I do. Cause like, uh, same thing. How, how, what, what, what's going on there? <laughs> but I don't know. I never, I've never talked, spoken to like, a David Koresh or, or somebody like that. Right. Uh -huh. So, so I've never met these guys. I mean, they may have this like uncanny, unreal, um, persona that like pulls you in for some reason, you know, like almost, you know, I, I don't know, but they certainly didn't look like these. They didn't, you know, I mean, Charles Manson always looked like a psycho. I mean, every picture that you see of him, he does not look normal. I don't know, man. I mean, it's am weird. I missing some of the photos where he looks normal? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like, is there something in that I'm not seeing? Dude, Heaven's Gate. Bro. Yeah, like, what What was that? Like, like what, what in the Led world? by two people that called themselves Bo and Peep. That's normal. Um, Convinced people that the Hale-Bopp Comet was a rocket ship to heaven and you need to whack off your private parts and wear all the same clothes and drink a barbiturate and vodka-laced Kool-Aid and die so you can go to a better place. And they did. And there's one guy who, all right, so he had a moment of clarity, right? Shouldn't drink the barbiturate-laced Kool-Aid with the vodka in it. Didn't do it. And now laments and regrets not doing it because he thinks he missed the train to heaven. So even after you saw what happened, 42 dead, by the way, even after you saw what happened, you're like, dude, I should have done it. Well, what, 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 fast, what was it? It was 42 people, but weren't there kids in there too? Like, I don't think so because they weren't allowed to have families. It was just adults, right? All adults. Yeah. Uh, it was the, the David Koresh thing that was Waco, right? That's what they had to the families and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Branch Davidian, bro. Yeah, yeah, but the 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 Heaven's Gate thing is just like wow. You for there's that's a lot of people to like fall in line with like something like that, dude, yep. and and like all do it. Like they were all in the same position. Like all, I mean, like wow, dude, that's that's incredible, right? You had yeah. that many people to say yes. Forty two people <sighs> whacked off their stuff. And drank barbiturate and vodka lace Kool-Aid. I know, dude. That's just, that's amazing. Or, or here's another one. The People's Temple, Jim Jones. Uh, how many people died for Jim Jones? I mean, that was monstrous. The People's Temple in Jonestown, they swelled, the numbers swelled to 900.
900. 900 people. The mass suicide. Um, later found dead. 900 people died in Jonestown from drinking the Kool-Aid. What in uh. the hell is going on? That 900. And this guy claimed that he was God himself. What did Jim Jones, did he like pull a rabbit out of his ear? Did he turn, you know, water into, you know, wild? Okay. what did he do? Here, here's what I would say, man. I I don't, there, there, there is probably a, a, a demonic element to that kind of stuff. I'm sure, you know, one, one of the things that, um, along the same lines, I, I kind of like look at near death experiences sometimes and see like what they say and all that. And, and um, one of the one of and I don't remember who this was um, when they were recounting their near death experience. The first voice that they heard, he saw the most beautiful light. Okay, okay, and the most beautiful voice he'd ever heard, far beyond anything that we could imagine. And it turns okay. out, I won't say what he's it, it uh, turns out it was satan right so 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 i think that's part of it like we 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 automatically have this like ridiculous notion of these like you know hideous looking creatures and stuff but no that's not actually true and actually it says in the that describes who lucifer was in the bible he he was like extra special you know like all this kind of stuff so i mean no this this is this is why i think there's a lot more demonic influence that happens than we realize well i take the branch davidians for example take david koresh that's why i'm saying those Um, things maybe that was a demonic element bro take take the take the branch davidians for example all right, so if you look at the origin of the Branch Davidians, the Branch Davidians or originated in 1955 from a schism among the Shepherd's Rod Davidians, which stemmed from the Seventh-day Adventist teachings, right? Okay, so, and then you have Koresh, who took over in 1987, who basically canceled all the original teachings and called himself Jesus and said the world was coming to an end. I, I believe that a lot of this comes when the schism between following God and being jealous of God happens. Well, and jealousy would be fall in line with a demonic presence, dude. This is what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I'm really kind of, when I think about this stuff, that's what it really tells me, dude. Well, but, but here's where I'm at. Let's go back to the original division in heaven. The war happened, right? Satan was cast out. Why? Because he was, because he thought he could be God, he was jealous. Yes. Okay. And then look at Jim Jones. Look at David Koresh. Look at, I don't know. I guess his name was Bo. They all wanted to be God. They were jealous that they weren't God. I feel like these are modern day tellings of what happens when Satan. And sometimes I believe that 
it has to be demonic, right? To, to, to believe that you are stronger or as powerful as God is, it's got to be something demonic. I mean, there's hubris and all, but that's another yeah, level. Yeah, but that's, that's it, hubris. Ego is always going to exist. Like yeah. you can't get away from it, but, but to that extent, I know what you're saying. But I've just been watching this, and and what I wonder, and here's the thing that shocks me, because they interview a lot of the people that were in the cults. We'll take, let's take um, the survivors of Jonestown. These weren't misanthropes or societal throwaways. These were people that had good jobs, families. These were people that had things going for them. The Branch Davidian, they they were entire families that were brought in. These were people that were societal pillars in a lot of places. That's what I'm not understanding, right? Like, okay, so the guy that's homeless and has had a bad way his entire life and, you know, has probably has a little bit of mental instability and things like that from all the things that have happened. That I get, right? That I get. Because someone who's disillusioned can be further disillusioned in the right position, right? Okay, yeah. But for someone who's like, one of the guys was like, an, he was like a, a a a PhD in engineering and was making, you know, three four hundred grand. And this was back in the seventies. Was making three or four hundred grand in a year, which is equivalent now would be like making a million, million five a year. Was literally killing it in life. A wife, three kids. Home, car, American dream. What? What are you thinking, dude? Are you that unhappy with having everything that a man could want that you would decide to just piss it all away and say goodbye to normal life and join a cult that tells you that all those things that you had are no longer yours, they're theirs, and you have to wear a paper hat and a flower wreath and I don't know, dude, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I think you're right. And well, the demonic stuff, it has, it, you know, I, I don't think there's any other way. But speaking of demonic stuff, UFO okay. stuff, I've said for a long time mm. now that, that we, it may not be anything at all with a, like an alien or an, it may be some of these things that aren't explained could be spiritual in nature. Very true. Very true. You and know. there's a lot of videos I've seen. And, and I mean, like, of course, you don't like anymore, man. The way that they can edit video, it's like yeah. you never, like, if you, they're always blurry for one. <laughs> they're, you know, nothing's ever, like, nobody knows how to use the focus when it comes to stuff. But it, you know, there's some of these things that aren't explained, but I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'd, I'd lean more towards it being. Uh, uh, some spiritual thing rather than the not. And uh, I, I could, you look, know, and somebody asked me the other day, like, if there were truly like little green men from another planet that actually existed, would that change your perspective about Christianity? Um, it, To be honest, like, no, <laughs> not really. I mean, there's, the, the, you know, then it would be like, well, how does that fit? And could I, could you equate that and everything else? And that's just something I'm not ready to deal with because honestly, I'd have to have a conversation with these little green men and see like, where are they at? What are they doing? <laughs> this, this. Am I so, do I have such avarice 
and such a high opinion of myself to think that the God that created me has never created anything else. I don't know because I don't think, and here's why I say that I don't, I can't see past, present, future. I'm not omnipresent. So I don't know what God has done. No, there's going to, there's probably things he did before he created us before he created existence. What those things were, bruh, don't know. Well, okay. But I doubt that they're spilled over onto the plane of what he created with us. Right. I don't know. Like that. You can't tell. We, we have a, we have a universe that we exist in. Our reality only goes to as far as we can experience. Right. I mean, there's just no one has yet been born that can like transcend reality. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Agreed. So we, we don't really know it. We're, we're just, we, and we can't, I mean, it's out of, out of our scope of existence to be able to see out of that existence. Well, the argument that I've heard in this whole UFO thing, the only religious argument I've heard was the justification for there being other life is, well, if God created angels and he created men, is that to say that there wasn't something else that he may have created? I don't know. Well, yeah, it's that's a that's all hypothetical questions that that really have no bearing on anything right now. But, but here's what I do know: it's interesting to ponder. I suppose. Here's what I do know: the Bible tells me to do something. I'm gonna do it. Well, regardless if there's a little green man popping up from Uranus. Here, here's what I would say though: the God says His creation reveals Him. The magnitude of creation is that which does reveal the magnitude of God, right? He he says he breathed stars into existence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like all of the massive universe we know could exist only for the purpose of revealing the massive creator that created us. You know what I'm saying? That's completely that's completely in line with what the Bible kind of talks about, especially with the enormity of who, what God is. I do. I understand that. I do. You know, so like Makes there sense. doesn't have to be, th- this is what I don't, I mean, like t- for me anyway, th- this does, there doesn't have to be life on another planet for the universe to make sense for me. That's, that's what I, we could be the only planet that has intelligent, life like we have that's sentient in the way we are that it could be fair enough and i'm i'm, I'm okay with that that doesn't yeah it doesn't bother me no do it, you think it has some the do you think that some of the obsession with the ufo thing is people's want and need to believe that they there is something out there other than god or do you believe it's just a, just your common everyday door knocking, you know, fascination with some garbage? Okay, no. Here's here's what I would say is that it really goes to. I think there's sometimes when we the universe is so vast. It's like, well, if it's so vast, why is it so vast? That that question of why is unfulfilled unless you have a Christian or or some kind of perspective like that so that then you you're trying to you're trying to answer that question why well 
the if it's it goes on this far and this billions of light years here and this there has to be something else because there's too many you know there's it if if we're and again if we're a random chaotic occurrence that happened to all the pieces came together over that long we can't be the only one that exists because the probability is is pretty high that there'd be something else in the vastness of the universe so why the obsession with the pre-existence of our timeline what do you I think a lot of these UFO, UFO guys are trying to make the argument that they're older than we are in the sense of they've been around longer than we okay, have. Okay, but I think that's going back to the, the, the size of the universe, right? Yeah. when you look at the universe and you say something that's billions of light years away, that's actually you're looking back in time. You're seeing things billions of years after that's already happened, right? It's it's like you're actually look because that you're talking about the 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 span of time that it creates to that light wave to go from point A to to us is that long where you're looking in the past. So when we right. witness a supernova, like we've captured that on some of the newer scopes and stuff that are really cool, you know we're seeing that happen, but it happened. It's it's already <laughs> it's already happened. Wait, it just took that long for the light to get to us. Okay. You know, so when when they're talking about life existing before we did, that's it's why because it, it's so far away. If we see it, it's going to be in the you know we're seeing the past. Okay, that's that's part of it, right? Yeah. But so all right, so do you think that all these Air Force pilots that have seen these quote unquote unearthly? I don't know what to call them, man. I don't want to call them aliens because nobody's seen an alien. They see these. F- it's figures and light and, and, yeah. and movement that that be, it goes beyond the scale of what we know. Yeah. What do you think that is? That's what I'm saying. I don't. Or do don't, you think they're all? I mean, pardon my French, but full of poopo caca. I'm just not a ufologist, right? Like I don't really care, to be honest. And I think it's interesting, but yeah, like, but it does concern me that if there's something out there, that's, you'd want to know. I'd want to know. Right. Well, and the thing about our, our current. And I'm not talking about UFOs. I'm just talking about the, the existence of something beyond what our understanding is. I, I think that we. Well, I think there is things that go beyond our understanding anyway. Well, of course there are. Okay. So, so is it possible that those spiritual things that go beyond our understanding interweave within our reality sometimes? Yeah. Do I think some of these shapes and stuff that move around in weird fashion that really quick and do all this kind of stuff are are part of that? I don't know. But it makes more sense that it would be that than it would be, you know, some kind of creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, whatever. Right. A bunch of garbage. But I mean, I just I've struggled with the understanding of it in the sense of, you know, how do we explain like, is it could is it possible that it could be a sighting of an angel? Is it possible that it could be a sighting of God's manifestation of of changing what is our reality in in the current time? You know, there's I a mean, whole theory about there's a whole theory, and it's a theory. There's no proof to it, but there's a whole theory that black holes are a manifestation of God changing the universe. Is that possible? Yeah, right. I mean, it is possible, but we we don't know. It's interesting yeah. to contemplate. It I, is. I, I'll say this about black holes, though. 
um, that remind that actually points to something else I was uh, reminded of the other day, and then I, I found fascinating when this was going on. But like the the Hedron Collider in in uh, Switzerland, right? That's underground. So if anybody doesn't know, it's this. I mean, it took a long time to develop this, but it's it's this long um, circle that they use to propel particles in opposite directions to cause atoms to collide for sure at, at speeds close to the speed of light. Got it. And that's to, they're supposed to be studying what happens like at that creation and how that disperses things and all that kind of stuff to help us better understand Did a it, lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff we're trying to understand. I, I, I agree. They found though, that there was all these little black singular, all these singularities that were actually created when that happened. Okay. Right. So, yeah. so I, one of the fellows was on the Sean Ryan show, and he, this is what reminded me of it because I saw a clip of this too. But it's like, but you know, all all these little—that's part of why they people were saying don't turn it on because it's going to cause the the end of the universe because they they were talking about these singularities that would be created would actually grow and 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 end up swallowing up earth you know because of this how that because it does create these like seeing some somebody well the possibility though is that we're trying to understand wormholes we're trying to understand how both because you got to understand there's einstein and and the rosen so they call it the einstein rosen bridge that is mm-hmm. like how they do it so they're you know they could be the and I, the, the, I have to look at this up to find out who that was but it was it reminded me though I, I thought about that immensely when uh when they first turned it on because i found that fascinating that okay there was singularities do, do you think that it's possible that because there is a surge in christianity a little bit right now we see a lot more of the of people joining the faith. Do you believe that the, 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 that we're starting to see part of that ethereal world around us to some degree? Because there's a veil, right? I mean, it's not like we can go to, you know, the angel ranch in Montana and that's where the angels live, right? There's a veil between us and what God presents. Yeah. Um, when Jesus Christ returns, the veil will be lifted, right? Is do you think it's possible that with a stronger world belief in Christianity that we may be seeing somewhat beyond the veil to certain things? And that's just a contemplation. And if you want my answer, probably not, because that would take comprehension beyond what we have. But do you think it is at all a possibility? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think a possibility, sure. Likely, no. Because I, I, I think when the veil is lifted, it's going to be something. I mean, it's going to be a, immediate. Well, but God has sent things through the veil before. The angel that went to, to Mary. Sure. You know, the burning bush to Moses. All those things had to cross the veil into our world, right? But I think that happens more than what we think it does anyway. I think as well. But But, okay, so here's a question. Is there a modern occurrence that you are aware of where you think that might have been a crossing of the veil? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I would say that um, some of the miraculous stories that you see about people being saved from this or that, I think are that those are kind of that way. I know when my brother had his 
a traffic accident and he was ejected from the van in a way that was seemed really impossible. Yeah. Like there's no way. Cause my brother, my youngest brother is a really, really big guy. And when he, he fell asleep and it like ejected him from the, and he went rolling down this embankment. He couldn't have fit through there. There's no way, but somehow he was ejected out, out this, out the van. And, you know, now he, he, I'm kind of like not saying that necessarily was a miracle. It, 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 Seems like there's something that happened though, because he ended up getting hurt anyway. He yeah. like he broke his shoulder and had like f- staples in his head and all this kind of stuff. But well, uh, you know, I've often wondered this. Back when I was 18 years old, there was a car, I was in a car accident. A young man was killed. My best friend was ejected from the car, landed in somebody's yard. Only thing that happened was he broke his hip. He needs some stitches. His brother was ejected. He's permanently disabled. But when you looked at the car, the and 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 I've got a video. If I can ever get this thing translated to DVD, I'll show you. There's a news clipping and it shows the car. The only thing that wasn't damaged on the car was my seat. I broke my hands. I got a concussion. I fractured some ribs. We cannot figure out. This guy hit me broadside at an easy 60 to 70 miles per hour. We went to the junkyard to see my car. There was no calculation we could make that could explain why I survived that accident. And my grandfather claims to be a religious man. Never really talk about Jesus. But he looked at me and said, he goes, God saved your life. And, and I'll tell you where, why that makes a lot of sense. When my mother died in a car accident, she was hit broadside at about that speed. And it, that it, the impact was so, so much that it pulled her heart away yeah like that's how hard it was yeah she died instantly yeah because her everything just could shifted yeah everything shifted and just disconnected everything so there's (laughs) i can tell you that that yeah there's there's when you're hit like that that's a really interesting outcome and it was so strange because you could look at the bucket seat and see no there wasn't even hardly any glass where i was that's weird man look there's 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 things that happen every single day that are unexplained yeah you know i've seen some crap that was like i can't explain that right i don't know I mean, but it's it seems like though there's more interactions than we we give you, credit to. You want to know why my theory? You want to know my theory on why 
we don't we don't recognize them. We're too caught up in ourselves. No, we have become so numb to the mirac- that, oh, yeah. to the miraculous that we don't even see the everyday miracles. So how in the name of Pete, if you can't see the everyday miracles, the fact that we float around the sun and don't fly into it, the fact that our our earth spins on an invisible axis that we've given a name to, but we can't really explain that the sun rises and sets, that all these things happen. Those, in my opinion, are miracles. You can call them what you want, you know. Well, see, this the other thing that that boggles my mind too about uh, um, atheists at at all. The fact that our whole, not only are the Earth being tilted the way it is, and exactly the right space it is, and the the right travel speeds, and the right gravity, and the forget about you know, the moon and how that has to be a certain size and all this stuff in order to create the the stuff we have. All this stuff is mathematically impossible to happen from a random chaotic event. The the math does not equate to a reality that we exist. That's that. I mean, and we're not even talking about our, our life form that we are being as it is that goes even beyond that as a impossibility to happen you know that that's know, what right? that's that's what amazes me about like you know there, there's only so far you can take that whole span of time explanation for things it it, it still doesn't work if you're talking about impossibilities, man. I mean, that's what's crazy about some of this stuff. Stunning to me, man. Are you a small business or solo entrepreneur looking for more of our presence online? Technology is ever-changing, and with more and more people spending most of their time on screens, it's important to have your brand out and about, getting the most exposure possible. Worried about not having a big budget for website design or social media? At Edwards Managed Technology Computer Consulting, we cater to every business or solar entrepreneur's individual needs to come up with a plan that works for your product and your wallet. Interested in learning about how we can manage your online presence so that you can spend your time doing what you love to do instead? Visit www.emtcc.net to make an appointment or give us a call at one 888 551 Mention r Talks for 10% off your appointment. Remote and on-site options available. There's these things that happen. For example, you know, I am musically, I love music, all forms of music. But I have no musical talent whatsoever as far as instruments. I've tried to play instruments. It's beyond me. Um, That's why I think I admired the way you play drums so much, because you take a love of music to a different place, right? And then I look at both of my sons, both of them who have picked up instruments, learned to play them very well. Yeah. Caleb will be playing a solo in ISSMA this weekend. Um, I listened to him play last night, and he's so good, and he's becoming so much better at that trumpet. Um, And I think they didn't get that from me. So I feel like there's, to some degree, there is a divine plan in that. 
what it is, I have no idea. Well, you don't know. That's and it a, may only it may only be a temporary plan that keeps maybe that trumpet is his focus to keep his focus away from things that still. And my kids have a great spiritual basis too. Like they're very good. I mean, Caleb and Dylan, they love church. They love learning. Um, they're good kids. You know, they're there's a divine plan in there somewhere that is so far beyond my understanding that I don't even try. Like, I'm like, you know what? I, I could understand that, but I'm not. So I'm not even going to try. There's, there's right? a lot of things, man. I, I think about my own life, dude, like how I was such a, was so focused on um, music for so long. Why, you know, it was just in my being. Um, dude, I fanboyed <laughs> out on you when I saw you playing at that big event <laughs> i literally did like i hadn't seen you in a while and i'm standing there and i've got my father-in-law on this side and i've got my brother-in-law on this side and when i see the lights come up and i see you back there just thundering away at those drums i geeked out like i was like oh my god it's Reggie. i'm just yelling that at my brother-in-law and my father-in-law I'm like i know that guy <laughs> and they're looking at me like yep and I'm like, shut up. He's you, awesome. You know, <laughs> what, what's funny is, man, is like, you know, a lot of people in the churches and stuff don't get to see that. I mean, because you're used to like just the guy who goes to church who once picked up a pair of drumsticks and kind of plays along. And yeah, and you're fine with it because he's just trying to help out and do he's his trying thing. to do his thing. Right. There's there when you're. When people, this is the, when I've been in some worship experiences though, with other, cause I mean, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying I was like, you know, on the cover of modern drum or anything, but like, you know, I've played with a lot of people, um, was, have been paid for it yeah. a lot, you yeah. know, to do so and record and do all this stuff. So, I mean, it's like, that, uh, there's a difference when you get people that are like professional musicians that get together and and have a purpose like that yeah that that that's something special well i think what was cool about it though was you know and that leads into something else but first thing that was cool about it was that was probably what 1500 1600 christian men filling in this more church that probably was probably more like three four thousand yeah i think so because all filling did, in all, all the whole the whole mega church, not the second level, but the whole first level was. Yeah. And that's a lot of seats. Yeah. I think that's but I mean, quite we a were, bit. We were. You were playing secular music. You were playing Journey and, and things like that. And Queen and well, I forgot what the other. We all understood what we were there for. And everybody was jamming out. And that leads me to the guests from that night. Um, Oz from. Benghazi. And uh, I think that was one of the most impactful moments I ever had in my faith, because when he said when he stood there and he goes, the thing they wouldn't show in the movie was when we realized that we were going to have to defend this place and there was only what, eight of them total A small number. Yeah, they all met in the hallway and they all prayed and they were like, 
you know, we're warriors for you, God, and we're going to defend these people, these innocent people, and we need you to be with us because we're out, we're far outnumbered, right? And for those men, and some of them didn't survive, but for those men to with faith, with, with faith go to the top of those buildings and stare down major motor fire, mortar fire, rockets, machine guns, machine guns, all kinds of stuff. And for them to stand their ground in faith and say, we will not let this place fall. And then for Oz to have his arm literally blown till the only thing that was attaching it was the skin remaining there to survive and walk out of Benghazi and go home. And then show up at that church and talk about how his faith was still strong. Although he went through all of those things, he was permanently disabled from that. Like for the rest of his life, he was permanently disabled. And to see that happen and those men and hear the story of how those men Although they were they were afraid, he was not. He was very clear to say we were very afraid. We were, we didn't think we would last an hour. Well, I think one two of them ended up dying because they jumped on grenades. Yeah, one of them died from mortar fire. One of them died from mortar fire or something. I mean, there was like you know, there were a bunch of dudes that just like gave it all just to protect yeah, everybody. And I think else. I think four of four or five of them walked away from it. I mean, it was two crazy. of them with severe injuries. I think eight, right? It wasn't it eight that walked away. Well, or, several of them were there in the second force that showed up that morning. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, it was but, there was just, but, <sighs> but to you know. And then, you know, another one, I got a great pleasure. We went to a men's wild game dinner, and one one of the gentlemen from Black Hawk Down uh, was there, and he had become a chaplain in the in the Army. And, and what he did was he took scenes from the movie, and he would let the scene play, and then he would go, now this is what was really going on. <laughs> and when he started explaining... The fact that they were, you know, he said, I was in a hum. He said, I was in a Humvee. He said, we took fire. So there were so many bullet holes that he said, when we parked the Humvee, we went back before we went back into the city. Cause this guy drove this Humvee back, dropped people off, got back in and drove back into the mouth of madness. He said, we stopped counting bullet holes at somewhere around 1500 and we hadn't gotten halfway through and he said there were bullet holes beside me around me and i never got hit and i'm like dude and and he said all he did was pray yeah right like protect me right like i i, I don't know what's going to happen but i'm asking you to protect me i tell you if you want to hear more stories than that. You got to listen to the Sean Ryan show. I, I, you've already got me hooked, dude. I listen to that show all the time. He, he some of the dudes, he a lot of because he was a special forces guy too. He yeah, was, he was a SEAL. Yeah, I think. So those guys, I mean, they, the one dude, um, I forgot who where he was at, but like he had literally had his like eye and like all this stuff blown off. Yeah, and was still returning fire. Yeah. And st- I mean, it's crazy stuff, dude. You yeah. hear these guys that do this stuff. You're like, 
what are you talking? I mean, what? One thing I would I would recommend anybody watching there's a there's a combat controller who got the Medal of Honor. Um, is this the video that you showed me? Yes. Oh, I, I would encourage anybody. I, I really that, that's something you must. It's like a must watch. Um, there's a book. the The narrator is the author of the book. Um. But that's so – I was I, – I get chills still when I watch that because it's like you're seeing – now you're only seeing like these little dots. Yeah. But you're you're seeing this dude like in hand-to-hand combat with these – I mean like – Like going at it. Yeah, and then still firing back. And then <laughs> – I mean, you know, now he, he died, but he had taken – they couldn't count how many – Enemies he took down. Yeah. Yeah. And like – he would. He was hit by two grenades and like thirty, like thirty something. I can't remember twenty or thirty something bullet wounds. You know, but it, you know, like it's, crazy. You know, it's not unheard of though. I mean, think just you know, and this is a story from the Bible. But think about Jacob, man. You know, he wrestled God. No thanks. I'll pass. Yeah, he wrestled God, and. When it was over and the sun came up, God was pleased. What I mean by that is to say that I think there are people that God puts on this planet still to this day. And and that are warriors for him in 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 the literal term. Let me let me just clarify that though. I, I think our our short sighted picture of what that means though is lacking because some of the littlest things we do have monumental spiritual consequences. Yeah. Okay. So you just being a good man yeah, and trying to be the best dad you are, best husband, following the biblical principles as close as you can. Yeah. As, as close all fail, as you can. You are a yeah. hero. Yeah. I mean, really, you're, you're, <laughs> you are, even, even like when you, every time you make the choice for good over evil, that's a monumental win. You're winning a battle. Yes. We are going to lose battles. Yeah, I, I and think we're going to make poor choices. This, the, the key here with any, what what you hear sometimes in these men's re- conferences and retreats, they'll beat men up to death. Yeah, you are low. You blah. and now they do try to. Don't get me wrong; it's not always like the Act Like Men conference was actually pretty good when I went uh, years and years ago. Understand though that your small victories matter. Yeah, absolutely. But what matters more is that the war is over. It's already won. You're already victorious. You already are a winner. The battle for your salvation done is is won. The battle to protect the ones around you so that they can find theirs. That's what matters. That's what matters, right? Like that, and that's and you fail at this. By oh, the way. all the while, all the time. You know, and we're and we are what we are, right? We're we're born of sin, and we're we're not perfect and we're going to make poor decisions and we're going to lose battles. But I think part of it too is there's an intent that goes along. 
Because a good man who loses a battle will feel the loss, right? I think, I, th- I think any battle that I've lost, I felt the loss, right? Even though it might not, I might not feel it at that moment when I when I go to God and I pray and I and I put myself before Him. He instills in me the heart for feeling the loss, right? I I and and. You, you, I think it's important to feel that you, because I think that's a, that's a correction that's being made in your spirit saying, Hey, yeah, you know, come back to the path here. Do what you're supposed to do. But also have the understanding that your guilt and shame is already done. Yeah. So, so, because what guilt and shame leads to is not a good place. Yeah. Jesus took that for you already. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. Let him have it. He's already done it. Yeah. You do not have to feel guilty or shameful for what you did. Yeah. As long as you seek repentance. Repentance is key. As long as you've given your life over and asked for forgiveness. You ask for forgiveness, but repentance. Okay. Okay. It, It goes farther than that. So for the people. Right. Explain the difference between forgiveness and re- forgiveness and repentance. Yes. Forgiveness is when you do something wrong and you you you're forgiven for that sin if you've asked for it. Jesus paid the price for that sin, you're forgiven. Right. Repentance though is a change, a life change from that sinful behavior and getting that done with and over where you're no longer, you're working towards a lifestyle that is abandoning that, that whatever sin. And let's be clear. Sometimes you will repeat that sin several times before you master that change. Well, you, you, you got as long as you're here on earth. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, like one of the things that I really frustrates me, man, and I heard this, all right, so everybody knows how I feel about Joel Olstein. Um, I heard this in a Joel Olstein sermon where he talked about if you continually repeat a sin, if you repeat it twice, then you're disobeying God and you're 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 less than in the eyes of God. And I think that is such a horrible mistake to make as a blanket statement because I believe that God knows that we're going to struggle with things and we're going to and it might be a pattern, right? And that, but God also knows that we recognize the pattern. And even though we struggle and repeat that sometimes that we're trying to change and we're, we're, we're praying and we're repenting and we're doing the things we're supposed to do. I don't think because you repeat a sin necessarily more than once or twice that that dooms you. Right. Well, let's take let's take for instance, an addict. Yeah. Okay, so so here and here here another thing about the people that go to church that sometimes don't because they 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 it comes across really poorly. So so an addict is going to deal with that addiction for the rest of their life. Absolutely, agreed. They may have a fallback, something. It's their path forward that dictates if they're repentant or not. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, so it's like anything. I mean, um, 
It, it really does. It, 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 okay, here's what I'll say again to that. The characters of the Bible were not, they were not like sinless. I mean, no. come on. David was no awful. After the heart of God, yeah. right? And he he did was some. Cons- was considered a man after God's that, own that's heart. What, that's what I meant. And look at him. And he, it's not just one time. Yeah, dude. This, I mean, his come story on. Is, his story to me is the most hopeful story in the Bible because that brother did some terrible things. Terrible. Like and after, like terrible. After he, after he gave his life to God, did terrible things, but went to God in repentance. A great example is I have a stepbrother named Trip, and Trip is, um, he started a ministry called Kentucky Revival Hub. Um, Trip struggled with drugs and and went to jail and did some things that were, but Trip found God and repented. And I, 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 you know, when I tell people about Trip, who I'm proud of Trip, right? I mean, we don't know each other a, a real well, but I, I, you're, you can be around somebody and get a sense of who they are. And sure. I, you know, hopefully we'll remedy that someday, right? We don't get to spend a lot of time together, but hopefully we'll remedy that. But for all of what happened, who he is now is a repentant man of God which is an honorable thing. And I am sure that trip struggles. Trip is an addict. I'm sure that trip struggles. Right. But his heart is so in the right place. And, you know, one of the things that I find a lot of times when you find addicts who have kind of gone to that side, you know, if you talk to my wife, who's dealt in a lot of addiction things and she's done a lot of addiction studies, Addicts usually who get over their drug get addicted to something else because addiction is a behavioral pattern, right? Well, Trip got addicted to God. <laughs> All right, brother. What a great addiction, right? Um, so there's this there's this thing where you, some people, you know, you know Akbar. Um, Akbar struggled, and Akbar. If you if you're seeing this man, I sent you the link. God, I miss you, brother. I miss spending time with you. You're a good man. But Akbar became addicted to being a good example for his family, and be, and became addicted to being a better Christian. And because of that, I'll promote that addiction all day long. But Akbar was a, a drug addict, and and he went over to this other side. And I've asked Akbar straight up, dude, do you struggle sometimes? Do you still? He, yeah, dude, for sure. But he prays for the tools, for God to give him the tools to deal with that. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, again, man. Well, let me, let's look at Samson. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Samson's a glaring and almost a very good, like, Equation, not equation, but it, it, it good at uh, bringing into like a modern culture. Yeah, he was a womanizing fool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was very. <laughs> I mean, come on, man, that dude. He was, was your typical modern male gigolo type. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. that dude was on it all the time, right? Yep. And yet, I mean, he still. He fought the battles. He did all this. He did all that. And in the end, 
you know, it took him all the way until the end to really, I think, be repentant. Yeah. I really, I mean, if you look at the story, I, I really think it didn't, it didn't really make sense until he sitting there and had to give his own life to win that final, you know, battle over, over, um, the, the Philistines, I think it was, but yeah. you know, that, that, I think that's, it took all his whole life to do that, you know? And I think everybody needs to understand you got, you got, you got so long here on earth, your time's not over until it's over. Yeah. You know, so it ain't like to, today you're going to wind up being the man you always wanted to be. But if you don't start that process at some point, you're never going to be there. Well, you know, and that takes me to another question people have, you know, and it's, it's a very valid question. I appreciate the question, but, you know, somebody asked me one time, they said, hey, so if Charles Manson, 30 seconds before he died, repented and gave his life to Christ, he would go to heaven. The answer is yes. 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 But the key word in that is not, is not, is not anything other than true repentance. If he felt the guilt and the shame of his sin and 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 gave his life to God and said man I am I am dirt but I I believe that you are the savior please forgive me for I, I confessed about his his frailties as a human yes he went to he went to heaven yes I'm sorry to say that. You no, know? there's and nothing to be sorry people. about that. Cause I mean, it does, it, look, you, you have to understand there, there is an understanding though, that Jesus didn't go on the cross for just certain things. Yeah. He went on the cross for all sin. Yeah. It wasn't just one or two or th this severity level or not. I mean, no, you know, I mean, it, it, it was for everything, but repentance is the repentance is key. And it, it is it's about a heart change it's about yeah. a, a a path that is not this one it's the one going towards the uh, the non-sinful way of it's life the narrow path you know it's it, it is a definite like you have had a epiphany that you must not you're trying not to do this <laughs> going towards to this, this. Ah. you know what i mean i mean it's it's got to be that you you can't you know, we're we're all imperfect, but the be the beautiful part about that is that we don't have to be. That's why the whole reason that Jesus makes sense and why Christianity is different than any other religion. Period is because of the central figure of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And no, there's no kind of like. Well, okay, I won't get into the. Other, well, other I mean, stuff, and, and okay. the thing for me though is, and something that shocked me something that I had a pretty clear understanding of back when I first became a Christian was that God's God cannot look on sin. So the purpose of the shedding of the blood of Christ was to wash us in the blood of his son. So that even though we are sinful beings, even though we are less than perfect, when he sees us, he sees his son. Correct. He's the intercessor. Yeah. So I feel like if people had a clearer understanding of that, they would have an easier time letting go of that. Well, I'm not worthy kind of de deal. You know, well, I'm not worthy. 
says who but you, right? That's not for you to decide. You, you, you know, Mike Grind was the one that made it the clearest for me. Um, back when I joined in Encounter when we were there, you know, he said something to me that just was a home run for me because he goes, do you believe, he asked me a question, he goes, do you believe that God loves you regardless of the things that you did? And my honest answer was, dude, I've done too much. There's no way. And he goes, wrong. He goes, it doesn't matter. And, and I had, to, I felt like that he was planted there at that time to say that to me at that point where I would know and understand what he was trying to get across. Right. Cause he was talking to Julie and I, and, and I was at a point where I was just like, man, I've done so much. I've, I've committed so many dumb sins and been such a, just an amazing jackass that Aren't there's we all? no way. Aren't we all? And he, he looked me dead in my face without blinking. And he's like, it does not matter. Yeah. And for some reason, it it flipped a switch in my head where I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> right. Forgiveness is 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 without attachment. I've been forgiven. Right. Now I got to live like the forgiven man. Right. And I feel like a lot of Christians, especially men, don't necessarily buy 100% of that. Well, it's hard to, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when you get, when you get wrapped up in the understanding of the stuff you've done. Yeah. And that just like it, it, your being is being tormented by that, which is the devil. That is not. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. That's not. That's not a. That's not God. Yeah. The other thing about most people is that they 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 want their way to be the way. Yeah. But that's not reality, and that's that's kind of what we see in the the whole. It makes do what makes you happy. You uh, love love is love. Uh, your be your best self. You know all these kind of modern hot garbage. Yeah, I mean it's excuses. It's, it's, yeah, it's not. You're 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 actually talking about a relative, a subjective relativism. You know, it's it's like every person gets to choose what's right and wrong, and whatever their their truth is is their reality but that's not that's totally false yeah it's his reality it's his creation yeah he's got a way he made the path <laughs> he told us you know i mean i'm sending you my son to make all the to make your sin null and void yeah repentant thief on the cross right you know, but also I don't want to people to believe there will always be consequence, right? I'm very aware that there have, there are consequences to my past behaviors. But, but there's not karma. There's not karma, but there's consequence, right? So taking the repentance thief, asked for God, to ask for Christ to remember him when he was in heaven, and Christ forgave him and told him he would be with God. He didn't get to get down off the cross. 
He still had to pay his earthly penance for what he had done, but he was guaranteed his salvation through repentance and forgiveness. Yeah, I mean the Romans still came up and broke his legs. Yeah. Like they did like there was no escape from the the human part of the pain, right? So what I don't want to do is send a message out where they're like, oh well if I if I ask God's forgiveness, there won't be any No, there's still earthly consequences for the things that you do. Yeah. You're still gonna have to deal with the people you've hurt and the people you've wronged and the people you've taken from or or whatever you've done. The, 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 you still have to deal with those things. Yeah. Um, but you, as far as God goes, yeah, you're good. Right? You know? Like, comment, dislike, argue, fussing, cussing, whatever. Send pizza, you know, whatever. I haven't had dinner yet. That's the only reason I said that. Pizza would be good. We're R&B Talks. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Later. Bye.